0: I'm going to start by asking this question. How will they hear, if not from you, then from whom? We answered the question who they are in the first part of this series. They are anybody that you know, anybody that's around you, anybody that you are in the verbal audio space with, anybody you share a a, a place with that is under the sound of your voice. How will they, they are the ones, how will they hear? Here. I received an email after last Sunday's message and I want to read that to you I won't say who it's from but I'll I want to read this and she says this she says hello Steve she said I listened again to the word from Sunday and was so moved and inspired by it thank you for challenging us and empowering us to speak just this week I was faced with opportunity to interject and speak up and share the boundless love of the father and in that moment it was intimidating like Mahala spoke of Walking away from the confrontation and avoiding the possibility of offense was always, before Sunday, my go-to choice. But hearing those words inspired me from a different perspective of self and the perspective of Yahweh and sharing Him with all. I'm excited to move into that and trust that the words He's given me were created for such a people. Those who I am around are in need of it. So that there's opportunity of life and change and growth in each one. I wanted to share with you, love you and bless you. Thank you for sharing that. She's not here this morning, but thank you for sharing that. And I hope that you are out doing exactly that right now, wherever you may find yourself. Let's begin this morning in Romans chapter 10, verse 11. You probably don't have the version I'm going to be reading out of. It's the message. Uh, Romans chapter 10 beginning with verse 11, reads like this. If you don't have that, you can fo- Again, let's look back at the app. If you're using the Holy Bible app and you're following us along in the service, all of that is already there. So you can click on it. It'll take you right here. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. Scripture reassures us. No one who trusts in God like this with their whole heart and soul will ever regret it holy smokes that's an incredible statement can we just dwell on that for a second let's just say that one more time it's worth saying again scripture declares no one everybody say no one look right at the person beside you and say not you and not the guy on the other side of you no one Who trust God like this with their whole heart and soul. Let's just ponder that. Let's consider that. No one who trusts God like this with everything that's in them. I trust him. Will ever regret it. Well, what what if what I asked for didn't get me what I wanted? Well, don't want what you want. Want what he wants. And you'll get exactly what you want. No one who trusts in God like this with their whole heart and soul will ever regret it. It's exactly the same, no matter what a person's religious background may be. He's the same God for all of us, acting the same incredibly generous way to everyone who calls out for help. Everyone who calls, help God, gets help. Everyone, I've got to emphasize these points because they're worthy of emphasis. Everyone who calls, help God. Has anyone ever done that in here? Has anyone online ever said, help God? You ever been in a place where you had no answer, you didn't know where to go? Help. I'm sure you have. Everyone who calls help God gets help. And then he says, but how can people call for help? Mm. Here's where lines get drawn. How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if you aren't talking? How can they hear? Let's take it a little deeper. If you're not shouting... How can they hear if you're not demonstrating? How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? There's people out there today. There's people right out there. There's people living next door to you. There are people going to be lined up beside you at the water water cooler tomorrow at your job. There's going to be people wherever you find yourself, doesn't matter where you are, standing in the public's line. There are people who who are needing help. They just don't know who to call for help. So the question, I guess, with that would be, do we ever position ourselves where we look like a place they can get help from? Or do we look like a place that looks like their place? Can't get help from them because they're exactly like I am. They don't know who to call on either. Because there's no fruit on their fig tree. (laughs) Come to that another day. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And he says, and how is anyone going to tell them unless they're sent to do it? That's why scripture says, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. Sent isn't always about saying, Seth, after service today... I'm sending you to DeBerry, and I want you to take this message. Sending is more than giving instruction. Sending is educating. And when one is educated, that knowledge, that wisdom that is present in us qualifies us to go, to be a voice around us. So he says, not everyone is ready for this, ready to see and hear and act. Isaiah asked, what will... What we all ask at one time or another, does anyone even care, God? Is anyone listening and believing a word of what you have to say? The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to even listen to. The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. There are people listening to so many things in your world because every one of our worlds are different. There are people looking to hear in your world, and they're wondering who it is that has something to share with them or someone, in our case, to share with them. They're looking. Their ears are in tune. We have to have something to share before we expect anyone else to, share, to hear. I can't walk into a situation and be a demonstration if I haven't learned first or if I haven't grown first through the preaching of the word. I can't walk into a situation just because I came to know Christ does not immediately qualify me to be an evangelist. Doesn't immediately qualify me to go stand on a street corner and preach because what am I going to preach? I can tell people as the woman at the well, when she came to the well, when Christ met her at the well and he identified every area of her life that needed to be identified, only enough... He only identified enough so that she would come to the place where she knew he was qualified to speak. And then she said, you are certainly a prophet. And now I'm going to go tell everyone in my village because I know that you are a prophet. She didn't try to go and tell everyone in her village. She didn't try to break down the gospel. She broke down Christ. I met a man. All I can tell you is I don't know all the details, but I met a man. I'm only coming with what I know. I'm not going to try to add to it. I'm not going to try to take away from it. I'm coming to you with what I know. So when we have something to share, then we can expect someone to hear. And I have to ask this, with the news, with everything that's going on in the world today, my wife and I, more me than her, but I used to watch the news incessantly. I was so interested in politics for really most of my life, to be honest with you. Very interested in politics. Um, I thought it was fascinating, intriguing, until probably maybe three elections ago. And suddenly, I, I begin to realize, does it really matter? Because they pray on TV, but then they spew venom off TV, whoever they are. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. They're not interested in the kingdom of God. They're interested in their own kingdom. It doesn't make them bad or ugly or whatever. I'm sure that they're good people off-site. But their emphasis isn't what ours is. So as I would watch the news, and then I would just, it didn't matter what channel you turn to, there's venom. If you're watching CNN, they're attacking Fox and MSNBC. If you're watching Fox, it's attacking MSNBC and CNN and whoever. And it didn't matter who you're watching. There, it's just vitriol. It's just terrible. And by the time I would go to bed, and you could flip from one to the other, by the time I would go to bed, I was mad. I was mad at everybody they were mad at. They didn't love anybody. They hated everybody. And I would go to bed, and I would say, man, I, I'm Tweeting something. And it was influencing my thoughts. It was influencing my mood. It was influencing what I thought about people and and putting things people I had never even met. And I said to my wife after this last election, I had all I could take. I said, I'm done. And then my TV. Became demonized. Every time I turned it on, the same station kept coming up, and it was a news station. It had learned. It's true. And I would say to my wife, did you watch this? No. Why every time I turn on this TV to watch Hallmark? It's a safe place. Or Superman and Lois. I like that now, too. But every time I turn on my TV... It's on this news station and, and as, soon as, it, as soon as you can hear the audio, it's like, oh, and these people did that and can you believe they're saying that and they're this and they're that and I'm like, oh my Lord, how in the world can we get this off? So I make sure when I turn the TV off, it's not on that and it still came on. We moved and it doesn't remember us anymore. I'm so glad. I can turn it on now and it's on what I want. We actually, che- we were no longer with Dish, now we're with Spectrum and Spectrum doesn't know us. So it's wonderful, but I was being influenced by everything I was listening to, everything that I was seeing. I would ask the question, what about you? Because people are only going to hear from you what's influencing you. Get what I'm saying? People are going to, what they're going to hear come out of your mouth, even if you try to restrain it. It's only going to be so long before you can hide what's really in there. And I don't know about you, we tell our children all the time listen, don't draw your conclusions from television. Don't draw your conclusions from people you don't know. And yet we do it every day. Every day we take it as law because someone said it on TV. We made, they became the, somehow they became the one. They became the voice. They became the principle. So my point being this. When we take that in, and I would take that in, I had to turn that news off because it was influencing my thoughts. It was changing my mood. It was changing my attitudes. It would be safe to say the same as here. If you had come into my house after I had watched that news and tried to talk to me, there's no doubt that my conversation would go to this. start with this. Man, can I just tell you what I just saw? In the same way the woman at the well went to the city and went to the town and said, can I tell you what I saw? Can I tell you who I met? Because that's what influenced her. My conversation with you would begin with, can I just tell you what I saw? Can you believe what I'm hearing? Can you believe what I just saw on Twitter or what I just saw on Instagram or what I just whatever? Can I just tell you? And I realize we're in an age where technology, as I said earlier, has, it's consuming everything. Social media consumes everything that we are. But listen, does it control you or are we in control of it? Who owns what? The kingdom of God needs voices. How will they know Him if they don't hear? What are they hearing out of you? If I can saturate myself with, I read, my, I read my Bible all the time. I read it all the time. I love my Bible. I love Scripture. I love it. I realize that it's a guide, it isn't the all in all, it's a guide for my life. It guides me, it helps me to familiarize myself with Christ, but beyond Scripture, beyond that written word, there is a spoken word. There is something the Father's always wanting to speak to us. If you don't believe that, look up John, 20, uh, John 21. You'll find it in there. He's, he's, there's something beyond that. There's more. The Father's always doing. He's changing. You're not going to find anything about computers in the Bible, but they actually do exist. Good ones and bad ones. There's PCs and there's apples. So they're there. Apple's the closest computer you'll find in Scripture. Started in Genesis chapter 1. I knew in the beginning it was from God. In its original intent and purpose, it looked like a Mac. Anyway, leave it alone, Steve. But what am I influencing myself with? When I go out there, what do I have to say? Can I ask the question of you today? Don't answer. But can I ask the question, what do you have to say? What's the last thing you paid attention to? As I was saying, I read scripture all the time. I love it. I love scripture. I love what I learned from it. I like to dive into it. I like to dig deep into it. But I don't try to put things where they don't belong. I don't try to make the scripture believe what I want it to. I want to read it as though it's the first time that I've read it. And I want to look at it. And I want to say, Holy Spirit, show me what you want to show me about this. And if somehow my mind is off track, can you get that on track, please? I, had, I received an email this week. I don't know if you're here or not. If you are, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. But I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to call you out or identify you, but I will say what I got. I got an email this week, and in that email, the email started with a, basically the message the guy was saying to me, introduced himself, and he said, I'm going to be visiting your church Sunday for the first time. He said, I just need to preface this email by saying that I'm a white guy, but I believe that the chosen of God are black. How do you believe? He said, do you believe that they're Edomites or they're, you know, and he goes off in all this stuff, this religious nonsense, and he goes into all this stuff. And he says, it's important to me that I'm fellowshipping in a place where they believe similar, whatever, however he worded it. And, but he made the emphasis several times on the chosen of God are, are black and, and, yada, yada, yada. And I just responded to him the other day and I sent the email to my presbytery here in the house. And then I responded to him and I said to him, I called him by name and I said, I just want you to, I, I'm going to answer your question like this it was long, it was, the email was relatively long and I said I'm going to answer it like this with a broad stroke I said because I do not believe the kingdom of God has anything to do with race or culture or background or history, the kingdom of God is about people who love Christ and who have received Christ, he doesn't care what color they are he doesn't care where they came from, he doesn't care if they rose up or lie down, rise up or lie down every day, rich, poor or otherwise, what matters to him is do they love him and he will honor that So with a broad stroke, that's what I believe. We would love for you to visit on Sunday. I hope you will. But I want you to know your convictions and mine are not the same. Because color is irrelevant to the Father. And we are not a house that makes color relevant. What we do in this house is we make the kingdom, we make the gospel relevant. And the gospel touches every person. doesn't matter who they are. But see, that influence, I can tell you why could I stand on that. Because in my heart, I have filled myself with something. I had something to say. I was able to come back, not to attack, because I want him, and he may be here, maybe among us, or maybe watching online today. I want to help you. I don't want to attack you. I don't even want to judge you, but I want the gospel that I teach to help you. I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is bigger than the lines we draw. It's bigger than the boundaries that we make. The kingdom of God is bigger than the, than the ideas we have in our head. It's bigger than Fox News and MSNBC and CNN. It's bigger than the president of the United States. It's bigger than the nation we live in. It's bigger than your town and your city and your house and your job. The kingdom of God is bigger than that. It's bigger. And we got to think bigger and be bigger and live bigger. You and me. And we do that because we allow to come into ourselves. We allow Him to do a work in us. How are they going to hear? They're going to hear when we have something to say, but we have nothing to say when we're filling ourselves with things that are not important to the Father. And we can say this, and we need to be careful. Because people are jumping up on your TV screen constantly and in the news reels and everything else, and, and we're going to be bombarded with people who are going to say, this is important to me. Well, it might be, but it first needs to be important to the Father. And if it's not important to Him, stop emphasizing it in your life because it's robbing you of an opportunity to have kingdom revelation. It's taking away from the moment that God wants to position you in your moment to be his voice and his witness and his sign and his wonder listen I'm telling you today there's people under the sound of my voice right now that need to turn off their television you need to turn off Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all because you're being influenced by everything that's opposed to the father everything about that is building a kingdom that is based on man but the kingdom of God is not based on that if you're going to use those avenues, if you're going to use those venues, use them for the glory of God. Not to elevate one man over another, or downgrade one over another. Can somebody hear me today? I don't know if I'm going to get to the count. The, uh, thing. We'll see. There's four things in this scripture that I want to share with you out of, out of Romans 10 that are very important. Romans 10 can be broken down into these four points of emphasis. Trust, hearing, sharing, and sending. Say it with me. Trust. Trust. Hearing. Sharing Sharing. and sending. sending. Trust. How can people call for help? And I break this down through, I take the actual scripture and use it here. So, trust. He says, How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? Who do you really trust? Do you trust me? Don't answer. (laughs) Send me an email. (laughs) Do you trust me? If you're in this room or you're watching online today, I hope you do. Or if you're new, I hope you believe that you can learn to trust me. My hope and my prayer is I never give you a reason not to. That's That's my hope. And that's my prayer. That's my belief that I'm not going to give you a reason. But I also know this, I'm man. So if you expect me to be perfect every day when I get up and stay that way until I put my head on my pillow, I promise you, you're going to be disappointed. Because like you, I bleed red. Like you, I get angry. Like you... I get offended, though not much. I don't get offended easily, and I don't hold grudges. That's a a quality I'm thankful for. But like you, the things, the emotions, the feelings that you have, the moments you have, the conflict that you have with things, I have those things. But what I fill myself with makes a difference on how I demonstrate those things. So trust. Who do you really trust? You need to trust so that you can hear what the right words are. Knowing. Is, an incredible, is a critical ingredient to trusting. In other words, the more you know me, the more you're going to trust me. The more you walk with me, the more you're going to trust me. And even if I let you down, because I didn't say something that lined up with what made you feel good on Sunday morning. Even if I let you down, if you've known me for any length of time, you know my intention was not to let you down. My intention is to grow people. Even if you were let down, So that letdown does not wipe away trust. It's built on it because there's an honesty and there's a relationship there. Do you hear me today? How can they know? How can they know? How can they hear if they don't trust? And then you got to ask the question, do I want to know? The person that I'm expected to trust, do I really want to know them? You know, there's a lot of people. A lot of people, there's people ever, There might be people in this room, people under the sound of my voice today. There's people all out, outside of this church today. They don't, they don't want to know Christ because they've never been introduced to a real good one. They've been introduced to kinds of Christ, different ways of Christ. But they've really never been introduced to the real Christ because the only way they're going to see the real Christ is through who? Mm. You're the Christ they're going to see. What are they seeing? And you can't take on the form of Christ if I'm not being influenced by the things of Christ. So I've got to trust. I've got to trust the people who are teaching me, and I've got to learn, and I've got to be willing to grow, and I've got to be willing to ask questions. I want to prepare myself. Does anyone want to prepare themselves to be a voice, to be his kind of voice, the right voice? Yes. So I've got to trust. I've got to trust hearing. How can they know? who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted. Again, we go back to the same thing. Does anyone want to know Christ? And again, maybe it depends on the Christ they've heard of or the Christ they've seen. How many times, how many people have you known where they taught faith, they taught the kingdom? I'll give you an example, in fact, before I even finish the statement. My wife and I were doing business with uh, somebody in the last few weeks, we're doing business with them, and first thing they did when they met us, uh, we do this, this happens frequently, we meet people who love God, so you don't know who I'm talking about, but we were working with uh, some people, and when we met them the first time, we were going to hire them to do a job, we did end up actually hiring them to do something, but when we met them, the very, right off the bat, oh, you're the pastor of The Rock, yeah, you know, and yeah, you know, they begin to talk about their faith in Christ and everything else and, and they begin to share all of that and, and it was amazing and it was wonderful it was awesome and we loved the conversation that we had with them but everything about their work has been a lie they've not been honest on one thing that they've done they've not been honest and they've said one thing done exactly the opposite all in the name of Jesus and I said to my wife we were just having a conversation yesterday we said this is it This is the last job they'll ever do. Somebody might say, well, you need to keep it in the kingdom. Well, sometimes you need to get that kingdom out. Because I happen to be a believer. But what if I'm not? And someone comes up to me and they're sharing their relationship with Christ. Again, I'm asking the question, what Christ have they seen? Hearing is important. What Christ are they seeing and hearing? Witnessing. And when they come up, I happen to be a believer. I'm strong in my faith. I believe you're not going to shake my faith. But if they had told me in the beginning, we're believers, can we pray? And they've done all that. And then they did some of the things that they've done. And I'm not a believer? I don't want to know that Christ. You know, in fact, if I'm not a believer, what I'll probably do is go away and say, you know what, here, these christian people here's another thing they did this is just a bunch of quacks a bunch of coots. this is what they did this is the experience i had but what happens when that gets changed it doesn't get changed because we try to talk them out of believing what they saw it changes because they see something different than what they saw It changes because how are they going to hear? They're going to hear it because someone that's genuine, someone that's truthful, someone that's honest, someone that has integrity, someone that comes to them with honor and glory, giving it to the Father like we sang about this morning, you make the difference. How are they going to hear? There are a lot of wounded people. There are a lot of people that have never heard, a lot of people who have heard and heard the wrong thing. How are they going to hear? They're going to hear from you. They're going to hear from you. And then sharing. How can they hear if nobody tells them? Again, it really is the same thing. I have to ask myself, am I telling or am I sharing? I've said over and over and over again, you know, well, let me back up. Well, let me just tell this story. Again, the woman at the well. I love that story because there's an answer to every question you'll ever have in that story. But the woman at the well, one of the things I love is when Christ went up to her, he did not walk up to her and he said, I'm going to tell you something today. And I'm expecting your undivided attention. And when I'm through talking, you're going to receive me. <laughs> Do you know what would happen? Had he done that? You're an idiot. Get your own water. I'm going home. But he went in there and he said, hey, can I get some of that water? You don't need that. What you need is, tell me a little bit about yourself. He began to identify with her in such a way where she could learn. He wasn't telling her anything. He wasn't telling her, you will receive me. He he didn't tell her, I am the son of God. He said, I'm going to talk about you. And in that conversation, you're going to hear about God. In that casual conversation, you're going to hear, I'm not telling, I'm sharing. I'm just sharing a story with you. And if I share this story, maybe it'll get your attention. And while sharing the story, suddenly she's, in, by revelation, comes to her. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are a prophet. I perceive you are a prophet. I'm going to tell everybody I know about you. It's not about telling. Everybody in this room, everyone under the sound of my voice, if you have any relationship with God at all, you have something to tell. But you have more to share. Changing someone's life doesn't always happen because we're talking. Most of the time it happens because we're living. Because we're demonstrating. Because we're being a witness. We are sharing our lives. We are demonstrating. Sending. And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? Being sent, it is a critical part of someone having the ability to hear. Sending isn't about you going out on assignment. Because when we think of it as an assignment, we, th- we see it as a beginning and an end. There's going to be a point one, a question one, and then the last question is question ten. And I'm going to do the best I can to get at least an 80% on this. If we think about being sent being a, just an assignment, then we attack it like an assignment. Assignment. And depending on your personality, you attack it different ways. The procrastinator is going to say that assignment will always be there. I know that guy. I know he's been assigned to me. But I'm going to take my time because he's going to be here for a long time. And then other people are going to, they want to attack assignment right away. I'm that guy. I want to get things done today. If you give me the assignment at 10 a.m., I want to try to have it done by 11.30 So, I get an assignment and I go right into it. And I'm digging into that thing and I'm just doing whatever I need to do to get that thing done so I can take it off because I'm a big to do list guy and I can take it off of my list. But it's not about an assignment. Being sent isn't about saying, This is where you're going. This is where you're headed. I want you to go get this done. Being sent is being being prepared to be his voice so that someone can hear. How will they hear? I'm going to prepare myself through the hearing. I'm going to prepare myself because I trust. I'm going to prepare myself because I'm available. I'm going to prepare myself because I'm being careful what I allow into this temple of God. I'm going to prepare myself. This is a hard thing to do. It's hard to say to a congregation today because 99% of the people in this room right now, you're going to go home and not change anything. I'm just being honest. 99% of you are going to blow off everything I just said. And you're going to be like, I'm not getting rid of social media. I'm, not, I'm going to keep watching Fox, MSNBC, and then CNN. And I'm going to keep doing this because I've got to know what the world events are. I've got to know what all this stuff is. And I got, you know, it's important to me that I'm in the loop. And all of those things because you, you, it's what it is. Well, my job requires it. They can't force you to do it. Anyway, 99% of the people, that's going to happen. But the 1% that's going to walk out of here and say, I'm listening to what he has to say today Amen. because I'm a sent one. And I'm going to fill my life with wisdom and knowledge. I'm going to fill my life with understanding. And I'm I'm going to begin to change what I allow to come into me. Because whatever's coming in here, that's what's coming out. It's a cliche statement that's been made over a thousand times in my life. But I'm making it again today. That's what's coming out of you. What you saturate yourself with, that's the only thing that's coming out of your bones. We sang this morning about honor coming out of my bones. The only way that's coming out? Was it honor? (laughs) I thought so. What are y'all cackling over here about? But it's integral. It's in the depth of who I am. And the only way that's going to happen, what's in the bones? What's in the deepest part of who you are? That's what's coming out. That's what people are listening to. How can they hear? If everything, if the deepest part, if what's in my marrow is what they're regurgitating all around me that has nothing to do with kingdom. That's all I'm going to be able to do. If that's all I take in, that's all I'm going to... That's my capacity. But if I say, Father, help me today. So my prayer, is, I hope it changes. I hope that 100% of you go home and reconsider everything you're involved in and listening to and watching and participating in and posting and thinking and making important. If it's not important to him, please do your ask Holy Spirit to help you not make it important to you. I can tell you where God isn't. He's not in all the fights and picket lines you see outside this building. He's not even in them. He is not a participant. God has never held a picket sign in his life. He's never stood in one. Never. He's never been on CNN, he's never been on Fox News. He's never been on MSNBC or whatever their others are. He's never been on any of those stations. If they wanted to interview him, he wouldn't let them interview him because they would twist it to make it be what they wanted it to be. And he's bigger than their mind and their mechanisms can comprehend. But for those who have an ear to hear, how are they going to hear when we hear? How are they on the outside, how are they going to hear when you and I hear? What are we hearing? What are we saturating ourselves with? How will they hear? I want to go to them, and I want to have a message. I don't want to be cramming anything down anybody's face. I don't want to be stomping them on the head. I don't want to be telling them, this is the way, walk in it. Bless God, if you don't do it, you're going straight to hell. It is hot. It's fire and brimstone, and you better be careful, because Jesus is coming back tomorrow at 106. So you better get your life right. I'm, we're not that. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is, do you want to know what it's like to walk with the Father? If you, haven't, if you don't know yet, walk with me for a little bit. Let's walk together. See my mistakes and see my repentance. And then see his forgiveness. See what I'm passionate about until that becomes your passion. Paul said, walk with me. Do what I do. Imitate me in the same way I imitate Christ. Why? Because by imitating him when I don't know what to do. When everything in me wants to go to this thing. When I imitate Christ, I see he went to that thing. And I want to find myself right where he is. Do you hear me this morning? How will they hear if not from you? And there are people that we make the mistake of believing they've heard all they want to hear. As our, even in that email this week, and Mahala, when she stood up last week and she began to speak and she shared. It's awkward. It's intimidating sometimes when you get into a setting and, and there's a moment that is present, present for you to share the gospel that is you. It's within you because Christ is in you. It saturates you. And there's this moment where <clears throat> in our minds we begin to think to ourselves, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? When you're thinking that, it's not your moment. If you walk into the water cooler and you're standing there and someone's talking about that horrible thing they witnessed or saw or talking about what they did over the weekend and you know it, it's, everything about it is a violation of the kingdom of God and you don't have an answer to that. If that's not your well moment, don't offer a different kind of water. That's great. But if you get to that moment, And they're saying that, and Holy Spirit puts something in you, and it's not attacking, and you're not tearing them down, but instead you're showing them a different way. It will flow out of you as naturally as it is for you to get up in the morning and brush your teeth. And you will say it might be a sentence, it might be a paragraph, but you will speak it. Holy Spirit will give it to you. You walk away, drink your water at your desk. They drink it at theirs, and they will never forget what you said. Are you hearing me today? how will they hear? They're only going to hear because they're hearing you. And it needs to be genuine. It needs to be genuine. I want to conclude this today. I was going to call the team up to share, but I'm not. But I want to conclude this today with this. One of the things that was an emphasis of what they were talking about this morning was the passion, just the passion that it is to really serve Yahweh. And I can tell you with everything in my life, I can only speak for me, you speak for you. I'm, I'm not afraid ever to say I'm human. I'm never afraid to say to this congregation, I've made mistakes and I'm going to make more. I'm never afraid to do that. Because I th- in my world, To be willing to do that is to let you know that there's no need for you to elevate me. I want you to elevate the father. And I want you to elevate the same father that's changing you is the same father that's still doing a work in Steve Parker. Every day he's showing me something new about me. And every day he's showing you something new about you. And if we can do our best to not try to fake it and pretend like we're holy or pretend like we're righteous and be who we are, where we are in our relationship or timeline with the Father. Not everybody's at the same place in their journey with the Father. So this one may still be doing some things that you're like, oh, and this one's like, oh, man, wow, they're just there. Don't measure yourself up against someone else. Because the kingdom of God doesn't do that. The kingdom of God says this. Listen, 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 listen. Again, the woman at the well, she was a piece of work. And when she went to the village to tell everyone about the man that she just met who was the Christ, Jesus didn't say to her, well, first, clean up. Before you go, we're going to have a little prayer meeting in the back room. She was at the very front of the timeline with Christ. All she knew was, I just met God. And I'm going to tell everyone I know. And you know what Christ was doing? Doesn't say this, but I'm sure inside he was going, yes, yes, she's going to go tell people about me. She has nothing to say except for I knew everything about her, but she's going to tell them and it's going to raise awareness and people are going to come and their lives are going to be changed because now I'm going to be able to walk with them. He was excited about her moment on the timeline. As much as he was excited about his disciples moment on the timeline, because he remembers when he called each and every one of them, not all of them even knew who he was. So we have to be careful that in our little world, we don't act like Adam or Eve. We have to be careful in our little world that there are people, how will they hear? They're going to hear because we recognize where we are and we're not trying to be perfect. And we're not trying to hide our flaws. We're not trying to hide our errors. We're not trying to hide a little bit of Adam that rises up in us every now and then. But we're willing to repent for those moments when they rise up. And we're willing to say, you know what? I lost it a little bit. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. If they don't forgive you, that's on them, not you. If they don't move past that, that's on them, not you. It's only because they don't know yet, but you're a demonstration. They'll never forget that you repented. Even if they don't receive it, they will never forget that you had the nerve, and you made yourself vulnerable enough to go to them and say, oh, I messed up. It's a good word, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's only good if you use it. If you never use anything that you've heard this morning, you hated it. If you never allow what you heard this morning to be a part of your thoughts and your moment, you've rejected the counsel of God. That's on you, not me. This morning, I'm the voice. You're the hearer. What are you going to do with what you heard? How will they hear? I've got to have something to say. Can I tell you the best way to set yourself in a position to have something to say? Start by repenting. I want everybody to look right at me. And I want to make this very clear. If you're watching online, I want you to look right into my eyes. And I want you to hear what I'm I'm going to tell you this morning. You have not gone so far. And you have not done so wrong. That God doesn't know where you are. He wants to set you free from you. He's not interested in perfecting you today. He's interested in starting a journey with you today. So whoever you are, wherever you find yourself seated today or standing and watching and listening to this message this morning, people are going to hear the same way you just did because someone is going to be teaching. Someone is going to be talking. And the really cool thing is that someone is probably going to be you. Make it count. Stand with me if you would, please. Father, come on, lift your hands. Father, we lift our hands today. And I look out over this congregation today. I look into that lens today and I pray over every single person that's gathered here. Those that are watching today, wherever they are, I pray today. Help us to be seers. Help us to hear today. Help us today to receive this word in its fullness. The parts that I didn't say because it didn't come to me. I pray that they heard it anyway. The parts that uh, go deeper than what I was able to elaborate on, Father, let it go deep in every person today. Take the word that you timed perfectly for this season that we are in and cause it to find roots in the soil of every heart in this place so that you are glorified. Change us, Holy Spirit. Help us see this world as a place you gave us to rule and reign over and to be a voice in and a demonstration in. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.